Can you believe it, Nick? Just barely, honestly. We're here. We made it all the way to season three. It was really, uh, you know, it, it could have gone either way for a while well, there by the, the end. The producers at the end were like, are we going to renew them? Are we not going to renew them? It was them? very filled with drama. I, it, was, it was a total drama fest, yeah, we had to we had to change the, uh, the style of podcast to a, a drama. We really, we're a radio we're now, drama. We're now a radio drama. Unfortunately, uh, if you came here for music, you're yep, going to be sorely totally, disappointed. Totally new thing now. <laughs> in this episode, oh. Nick's in love with Pat, but Pat's in love with Alex. Wow. wow. And I guess Alex has feelings for no one. Alex has no feelings. That's fair. Oh, That's no. True. Yeah, yeah, never. <laughs> he is numb. Well, no, technically, he should be in love with you. That's how, he's in That's love how a with, love triangle works. Wait, he's in love with you, too? Oh, I see what you did there. Uh, uh, what I did, I accidentally I did the music thing again. I guess we should just change course and go back to Let's that. Let's go back now, to music. Now that yeah, I've said the, me. now that I've said you two, we have no choice. That's fair. Why don't we do them on the episode? You got it. Okay, you uh, two got it. All right, everybody, it. pause. Let's go listen. And we're back. Okay, <laughs> we're back. All right, so yeah, we're doing our our normal stuff today, mm-hmm. guys. Three artists as usual, and what an episode it was. It was uh, in a lot of different places. <laughs> So uh, I'll just, I'll introduce us first. Yeah, do that. Welcome to Totem Talks. I'm Pat. I'm Nick. I'm Alex. And and we are Totem Talks. We are. And and that's it. So no. all of our surnames. <laughs> so the three artists that we chose to do today uh, are you 2 as was spoiled by Nick earlier. Oops. Golden Earring. And then, as they are colloquially known, NKOTB. Right. Which is New Kids on the Block. They had a bunch of hits. <laughs> yes, they did. And and so Pat, just just for those who maybe you know are hopping in at season three, you know, of course, listen to you know first episode, go through, listen to all of them. Even if you've already listened to all of them, listen to all of them again. But so what Agreed. what uh, what rankings are we giving these people? You know, new season. Let's yeah, good give point. Them the rundown. It is you know, that's a real good point. I will tell them. Uh, so what we do is we rank using five criteria: their cultural impact, their breadth of work their instrumental talent, their songwriting talent, and their poetic talent. And then an X Factor for kicks. Right, exactly. Anything that's not necessarily covered by those uh, five categories that we think is kind of important to bring up. Yeah, exactly. Some some one-time-only event or something that like they're just hugely known for that's not for the most part that's you for the most part that it's means usually dying, dying. <laughs> yeah yeah sadly, sadly it's, it's usually dying <laughs> mostly if you're dead you're gonna get some points there but it's not always dying true uh, I, I mean if you lived a good long life we're very happy and that's what exactly. we always wanted for you but that gets you nothing <laughs> at all at yes. all so <laughs> nothing at all so the minimum someone can score zero obviously you know of course yeah, actually no that's not true so the minimum so someone can score is a point five. if you yes. get a point one in every category uh, we, we don't there do no zeros, zeros so except for x factor a point one is the lowest so yeah point five so what would the highest be the highest up uh, alex i know what you're setting up but i can't do that yeah you're in the and place i'll tell you it. why oh so no. since alex alex is remote today uh which i actually was going to explain to you guys anyway because we've been having some bad thunderstorms on the day of recording so if alex just stops talking we'll let you know that it's because we he lost was struck power. by lightning i lost power <laughs> um i have all the recording equipment on a battery backup so we won't lose. Uh, Nick and I, who are here together, will be fine. But Alex, who's very far away from us physically, will not be fine. Will be gone <laughs> immediately. So it's horrible. Just cast into the abyss. Yeah, sadly. Yeah, but, you know. Anyway, so, so let's that's talk that. about you too. Um, but what he was trying to set up, actually, you know what? I can do it, Alex. Give it a minute. Can you? The top score we can get is. Fastest line! 
And then I just have to put them back. It. It's, it's worth pushing the buttons. Worth it. Yeah, uh, no, but yeah, fifty-five it. is the maximum you can get. We haven't gotten there yet. We've gotten close. We'll never get there, but that's fine. That's never. Well, not never, until I we guess. cover low totem on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Okay. Once we cover low totem, then we will find new depths <laughs> to the lowest score. Exactly. Um, then the zero will happen. Yeah. Uh, so why don't we get started? Uh, we'll talk about you two for a bit. Uh, just you know, pretty obscure yeah, choice. <laughs> yeah, we'll start with them. Uh, so you two uh, are an Irish rock band. They're from Dublin. That was not an Irish accent, I promise. I, I went Beatles because that's who we did last. Yeah. I went back to li- okay. Liverpool. Dublin. <laughs> I, listen, I could potentially do an, a semi-okay let's, Irish accent, but I'm not going to take the time to get there. No. Yeah, don't embarrass yourself on this I podcast. I agree. <laughs> Too late. Have you been here? This, <laughs> yeah, this is season point. three. Don't do it for the 63rd time. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, obviously, the group consists of... Bono and The Edge, and then also other people with real names. Larry Mullen Jr. And, and Adam, Adam Clayton. Clayton. Yeah, but but they have real names. Bono yeah, and yeah the Edge they don't. have real names. That's now, so true. Now, before we get any further, I just need to let our audience know something that Nick did. Um, I want to say it was like a couple weeks ago. Oh, my God. I don't even know so what I did. So, Nick, <laughs> Nick's SUV that he, he drives to gigs is called a Ford Edge. <laughs> I know what I did now. So he texted us in our group band chat, and he just said, the Edge has died. <laughs> and I am I immediately go to the episode we're getting ready oh, to man. do, and I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, did, I am so, so sorry. I'm, I was like, kind of, I was at work, and I was like, I can't believe this. <laughs> and Alex thought the same thing. He's like, I looked it up. It's not real. Everybody like, the edge that. is fine. And I'm like, oh, Nick probably means his car battery <laughs> I died. Did. I did mean that. <laughs> so for like 20 minutes, we really thought the edge had died. Yeah. And we're very concerned about this episode because we're like, I mean, we Oopsies. already were planning on doing them. But like, do we do them? Uh, it was a well, whole thing. Yeah. Anyway. Just had to get that little anecdote out of the way. Yeah, I'm glad that <laughs> you good did. Good anecdote. Uh, so, uh Obviously, U2 has been active forever, 1976 to today. Right. I honestly was surprised that it was the 70s. Yeah, I definitely... I, I, obviously, their first album didn't come out until 1980, so yeah. that's why they're most associated with the 80s, but... But, you know, honestly, I would sure. have, When I think of U2, I think of... Honestly, what I found out was one album. Yeah, of, <laughs> of course. Only one album. Yeah. I mean, that's... I mean, it's huge. Yeah, so uh, we started with Boy, uh, which came out in... 1980, as was said. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, of course, followed that up with The Joshua Tree uh, from 1987. And then, if you didn't know, in 2017, they released an album called Songs of Experience. And they didn't automatically put it on everyone's uh, phone, which was nice. <laughs> I'm glad that they didn't do that. Very, very Super thoughtful. Super glad that they didn't Super, do yeah. that. Very thoughtful of them to not force everyone to listen to their album. Oh, man. Well, I mean, when we get to the album. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's pretty much okay. it. Uh, so boy, boy, who wants to go first? I think I'll, we I'll should, start us. Yeah, Alex. I was going to say Alex. Yeah. So, just to give you know the audience a little bit of background, um, I have never liked you two. I don't know what it is. Wow. I even so done a project on you two in like elementary school, but I don't know why I don't like them. It's just whenever they come on the radio, I get this instinctive urge just to turn them off. Hmm. And and this album. Boy is is made me just want to turn it off the whole way through, <laughs> and I think part of the reason with it is none of the songs really sound like songs. They just sound like the bass and drums kind of jamming, and then the guitar coming in and being like, <laughs> stuff like that. Oh. Okay, and 
I was not a fan of it. And maybe there was some lyrical content. You know, you guys know I don't listen to lyrics ever. So maybe there was lyrical content ever. that made it bearable. But I, like, the music was just turning me off to it. It, it was kind of too ambient, like, okay. for me. Too and just kind ambient. of dredged okay. on. I will say, however, um, the only song I kind of liked was The Electric Company. Okay. Um, which is, like, towards the end of the album. Right. Um, but beyond that, like, all the songs were just really plain, just kind of boring. So sure. it kind of turned me off to it. Gotcha. Okay. Well, I'll I'll just say, uh, as we're going, you know, I, I think all three of us, I, my feelings towards you two coming into this might have been the least negative. I know that no, I none, of us, none of us are predisposed to ever listen to you two. Yeah. None of us particularly care for them. I always just kind of like... I would- could take them or leave them. I would never like attempt to put you two on, but if somebody was had them, like you know, I wouldn't really care that much. Uh, and I think a lot of what Alex is critiquing about them actually ties into my critiques and the reason why I feel that way. Uh, and a lot of it honestly has to do with the edge. Okay, it's the way that he played. Like right away, I had never heard any of these songs before because none of these are their biggest hits. Um, no, but I, I immediately knew it was the edge playing guitar. Because he has a very, very distinctive sound to what he does. And what he does is honestly like a ton of reverb and delay. And then he plays riffs that just kind of delay and play over again. And it creates textures, right? That's kind of his signature thing is he creates these short riffs that are just textures to the song. And that's innovative at the time. Like that's new and different. That's, you know, credit where credit is due to the edge that he does that thing. And he does it well does for what his it is. Niche. Yeah, uh, but it gets so stale so fast, and every song starts to sound the same. Uh, and if you didn't enjoy that critique, you're not going to enjoy what I have to say about all the other albums. It <laughs> get, like that's what it is. Like the the distinctness is to me is in the edges playing, but it's distinct it's in the same way over and over and over again. It's not even bad. like one time I would be happy to hear it. Yeah, try something different. You just try. Get sick yeah, of it. I get sick of it when. That same process gets applied to every single song. Sure. they It just gets very boring. And it I especially say. sucks when the songs in the album just all blend into each other. Exactly. Like, I'm totally. pretty sure, like, totally. everything just kind of went right into the next song. Yep. And mm-hmm. so it gets to the point where you're like, "Am I? is this a new song? Is this yep. just them yeah. jamming? Like, what's it, up? To- I totally agree with you. Uh, although this album was uh, really critically received very well. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, it, it got a lot of high praise. It was actually on the very first Rolling Stone Top 500 list in 2003 at 417, but it hasn't appeared on any of the lists since, I, I don't believe. Uh, there was one person I could Good. find who actually gave this a pretty nasty review. Was it you? It was Robert Crisco. Really? Robert uh, Criscow has finally agreed with us. He doesn't like this album either. Well, I haven't gone yet. That's that's a great point. Pat, you should go. Should I go before the Chris Cow? Well, I'm not. I'm not going to quote him directly. I'm just saying he he gave it a negative view. Oh, okay. I could dig it back up if you wanted me. Oh uh, no, it's not important. Okay, we don't. Even when we agree with him, we don't want to give him too much airtime. Exactly. <laughs> you didn't call him Robert Costco though, which I'll get to it. I guess if we agree with him, then we give him his real name. Yeah, I that's think that's only thing. fair. That's fair. Um, okay, so I, you said that you thought you'd be the highest on them going in. Yeah, because I at least knew that I liked five or six U2 songs, and I've only ever heard U2 say U2 right. say negative things about U2. <laughs> well, I, I thought I would be the highest on them going in because <laughs> um, the only thing that I really don't like about U2 is that because of them, I had to sit through Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark. <laughs> it was U2's fault that that happened? Bono and the Edge wrote it. 
No. Yeah. Oh. I did not know that. Bono oh and the Edge wrote that. that is Turn off like the dark. universally known as like the worst musical of all time, right? To be fair, it's not the music's fault. It's everything else's fault. Sure. But still, I have to wow. blame them a little bit. I had no idea. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. So that was uh, that was okay. a, an experience for me. But yeah. honestly, I liked this album more than I thought I would. Um, I do agree with what you said that it all kind of blends together. That signature U2 sound with no variation Mm -hmm. grates a little bit. But I was surprised at how much I liked Bono's voice. Um, I'd always thought of Bono previously. I mean, everybody knows the big hits, but he always—I always just thought he sounded really yelly to me. Okay, when he gets up there. But like, I thought that even the opening track "I Will Follow" had a really strong opening vocal. Yeah, I think he showed potential, and then also some of his like worst vocal moments on this first record. I don't yeah, know. okay, a lot of yeah. ups and downs, but I I thought that for the most part I was pleased with where his voice was because it went from better than expected to as expected. Okay, fair enough. I that's so I kind of yeah. I was judging it on a curve. Gotcha. Um, but honestly, for the most part, the only things that I didn't like were there were some times when like. 80s dance pop happened yeah uh like a day without me was a really good Mm -hmm. example of that and i i'm not a huge fan of that genre um but i mean i would probably give this like a solid c plus okay you know it's not bad i also i also like the electric company yeah again i didn't think it was it was just boring yeah not bad it's just there yeah no exactly i did notice a couple good songwriting moments uh particularly in the opening aside two stories for boys okay which i guess is the pseudo title track right um, and that's it. Um, nothing too crazy. All right. Well, then why don't you get into their one of the biggest albums of right. all time? So, <laughs> uh, the Joshua Tree, nineteen eighty-seven. Uh, the year is is good, I guess. Was before I was born. You know, I can think of some negative things. Uh, say about. We'll save of, that for after the podcast. Nothing of note happened before we were born. Great. And point. by we, I mean you and me, because right. But Alex still Alex has, is, hasn't yeah. been born yet. Alex, you're born in what? Two thousand five. Uh, two thousand six. Amazing. <laughs> Yeah, he was born yesterday. Actually, <laughs> he was—he's freshly born. Happy um, birthday to me! <laughs> okay, so the first song happens where the streets have no name, and you hear some ethereal piano. Um, it really starts to up the ante for the feel of this album. Um, you're feeling something here, and then they proceed to release like four straight bangers just in a row. I still haven't found what I'm looking for mega hit. Goes right into With or Without You. Mega, mega hit. Both of them. Yeah, well, so was Where the Streets Have No Name. You didn't mention it by title, did you? I did. All three of the first three were, they're the three biggest songs yeah. on the record. Yeah, oh, 100%. Yeah. But it's just, like, hilarious. So they really just hit the ground running with mm-hmm. that upping the ante, like I had said, into you're hitting something different with this album. Which is impressive because it still has that very same U2 sound. 100%. Um, but they just found it. It was like they were playing with the sound in the first album and kind of discovering what worked and what didn't, found what worked, and I'm sure there, I mean, there's albums in between, I'm sure there was still some more experimentation, but man, did they click on this album. With or Without You is great. I love a lot of the lyrical moments in here, some really strong lyrical writing. One thing about you two, love them or hate them, they are not afraid to make a strong point, whether it's political or social. Certainly true. So I really do enjoy the lyrics because I enjoy when people write those hard-hitting things. Anybody can write, like, I loved a girl, she was pretty, or, like, yeah. I'm really sad. 
terrible songs though <laughs> my god that's the second low totem album yeah. Those are the only <laughs> that's all that's i all love the girl she was pretty <laughs> that's all it is i'm but, sad uh some of the, some of the lyrics that i want to make a point on because i mean i'm assuming if you are listening to this you've heard at least three of the songs on this album definitely so i'm not going to talk about them fair i'm going to talk about other songs uh, I think one of my favorite songs on this is Bullet the Blue Sky, mm-hmm. which is the fourth track, um, which is very clearly a critique on the Reagan era affairs in Central America. Yeah. And, and love there it. there were many. And actually, my favorite part on that besides the lyrics was the bass, Alex. I listened for wow, the bass. Wow, wow, Adam Clayton is thrilled. Adam Clayton and Alex are both thrilled. Uh, and then uh, lyrically, my favorite one is the next one, Running to Stand Still. Mm-hmm. Basically, because anytime you can write a haunting addiction tale and make it catchy at the same time, you are just... Sure. Yeah. It's just very clever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the only other shout-out lyrically I want to give is uh, One Tree Hill, which uh, references Chilean songwriter Victor Yara, who, yeah, who was, was tortured and executed. And you know who he was very close friends with? Me? Phil Oaks. <gasps> Phil Oaks. When, wait, yeah. wait. Our first of the season. Yeah. Uh, Victor Hara. Uh, when that's Phil the Oaks, guy. When Phil Oaks went to South America during his time Absolutely. off, he was very close with them. And, and then, that's the mm-hmm. reason Phil Oaks became super disillusioned. Exactly. Wow. Yep. So it is. I, you didn't even realize that, but yeah. I didn't realize it, it was that guy. guy. That's, yep. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. What a that's coincidence. Crazy. Yeah, I know. Uh, but yeah, that's it. All right, I Alex, mean, I'll let you go. Lyrically a masterpiece of an album. Uh, you know, I didn't feel, okay, let me start off by saying this. Yeah, the first three tracks of the album, amazing. Um, after that, like the, you two just all sound the same to me and maybe it's just because I didn't like them going in and I really, really tried to just be like, all right, let's, let's get rid of all my preconceived notions and get, you know, toss toss them aside and, and, and try to be objective. But like, I just found myself still not liking this album. Um, with what you said about the bass, Pat, I feel like the reason that the bass, you like actually can hear it. Cause I, all I can hear when I'm listening to this is the bass because it's because, Bon- or the edge isn't doing like chords or like any of that stuff he's doing like nick said more textural stuff yeah, so yeah. the bass is really what's the driving force for it and i guess you know that's getting a little bit into more how they compose their songs and all that stuff but i just wanted to say that really sure. quickly so like mm-hmm. adam clayton credit to him for finding a place to fit in there yeah but his space the album you know i i liked it more than i liked boy um definitely you know the best u2 album but for me yeah. still like it just wasn't my flavor I wasn't that into it, but it, I if if it's any credit, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. Got stuck in my head after I listened yeah, to it. Yeah, sure. So like that's I get it. you know that's the, mm-hmm. the, the the credit for it, I guess. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I figured I'd be probably somewhere in between you guys, uh, and I am. Which I mean, I think this is a really strong album, but my God, I could not listen to it all at once again. <laughs> I get. I it. mean, the, the, that's the issue. Even the three big hits that we keep talking about all sound exactly the same. Yeah. With or without you, where the streets have no name, they could be the same song. You could easily mash them up and not even notice. One hundred percent. Everything is is just the same. So they they find their one niche and it works for them. And they sold twenty five million albums of the Joshua Tree because it, it works for a lot of people, uh, and that's fine. And I mostly, like I said, think that it's very good. But the really funny thing is, the one person who didn't think this album was all that good uh, was Bono. And he almost called off the record when it was just going to press. <laughs> and he was like stewing over whether or not they should actually release this record because he had no confidence. Could in it. you imagine the world where, Bono, yeah. like, I mean, there's no, like, 
listen, not to get too. There's no way Bono makes it the rest of the way, right? right. Yeah. If he if like if ever he sees like, can you imagine like Ebenezer Scrooge happen? Mm-hmm. Like you know, the ghost of Christmas sure. past comes back and is like, this is what could have happened in your future. Like you yeah. know all. Of, and he's like, wait, if I release the Joshua Tree, I sold 25 million records. Mm-hmm. Instead, I'm working at Denny's. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's insane. Um, but he did, and for the best, I think, I agree. decide to, to leave the phone on the hook Yeah, uh, and, and didn't call it off. And of course, this album is super highly critically acclaimed. This one, I think, much more deservedly so than Boy. And it is on all Boy. three iterations of the Rolling Stones Hot 500 albums. First at 26 then at 27, and then in the most recent one from 2020, it dropped all the way to 135. Oh, wow. Yeah, quite dropped over 100 spots, um, which is pretty crazy. But other than that, I think I've said all I need to say. So I will go into Songs of Experience. And what an experience it, it was. It was an experience. So this is, <laughs> it's 2017. It's a very different era. We're what, um, how, 30 years after uh, 87, the Joshua Tree? Yeah. Um, years. First things first, Bono can still sing. He still sounds really good. Yes. And so... I would argue better, and I would argue maybe too better. Yeah. So Just he, he starts maybe? in on this opener, which is like very subdued music, almost acapella in some ways. Yeah. And it was really cool. And then there was just this hideous auto-tune that just destroyed the entire song. And I was like, what is going on? This was going so well for like 30 seconds, and you've ruined everything. Uh, And that was kind of a sign of uh, things to come. And you're talking of the song Love Is All We Have Left, the opening track? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, there aren't very many great moments here Um, after (laughs) that. It's not good. For some reason, but they the involved good thing Kendrick is that it wasn't, Lamar. The good like, thing is that it wasn't hey, forced hey, whoa, on Hey, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Don't credit, say anything cre- bad about Kendrick no, Lamar. I, 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 calm down, Alex. Credit to him and his genre, but a collab with you 2 made no sense on this album, and it didn't work for the songs. Unless, I mean, you might feel differently, but it didn't seem to make any sense for them oh, in no. the songs. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce their name. Is it Haim or Haim? But the, uh, the same sisters... I believe it's Haim. Haim. So the same trio of sisters who we talked about on the Taylor Swift episode because they wrote Nobody, No Crime yeah. with her, were also featured on on this record with, in the song Lights I'm not going to push the button. I'm already sure. over pushing the button. That's fine. Uh, but that was pretty interesting. First and last time this season. <laughs> yeah. Um, but just don't think that all the additional featured artists that they had come in and work with them helped at all. It felt overproduced. It felt more would, like 2010s pop, which is just help, not a Nick? good sound. Would it help? If one of the producers credited on this album's name was Jackknife Lee, it wouldn't, and it doesn't. Are you sure? I'm positive. Jack Jackknife Lee might be the greatest name. It's a great name. It's a great name, but we've had some good ones. So yeah, I'm... but I mean, this is that. What if that's that guy's real first name? Well, what if he's like, out. "Hey, what's up? I'm Jack," and he's like, "Oh, is that uh, short no, for his John?" First, no, it's his short first for name Jackknife. is Garrett. Garrett. Oh, I hate him. Yeah. Um, That's why wow, you ru- you ruined this whole episode for me. I have I have two nice things to say now that I've kind of skirted around saying this album isn't very good at all. <laughs> okay. Uh, one, the Edge finally showed a little bit more range on guitar on this record. Previous to this, yeah. he like just hit one setting. He just hit the same two pedals and then played a short riff for every other song on every other U2 record. Yeah. He tried to do something other than that this time, like maybe, play a chord or do something like that. Maybe you know? writing an entire Broadway musical has yeah. broadened his so horizons. Yeah, that was nice. Uh, and the other thing is uh, 
what I was reading about this album is that Bono was saying how they go into every album like it's their last. Maybe it should be. <laughs> Jeez. Damn. That's, that was, uh, okay, well, I think I mean, Nick keep, liked keep, it. Keep working if you want to work, but I will never listen to another one of these records. I think what I'm hearing is that Nick liked it. I think Nick wants more U2 albums. Sure. Think whatever you want, Pat. Uh, Alex, do you want to go, and then I'll finish up? Um, yeah, I'll go. Uh, um, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, never going. Um, yeah, so this was... It, it definitely sounded more modern, and usually with rock bands that like from the 80s if they when they go into like kind of present day they go one of two directions where it's kind of you know in the good direction it gets a little bit more mature and a little bit it sounds better because they're older and they they kind of realize like what's good and what isn't or it goes the bad way where it just you know they kind of keep in their own element and doesn't really improve doesn't really get any worse um i don't i didn't like this album and it's because yeah. I didn't like you two. Um, I think you wouldn't songs, have liked this even if you liked the Joshua Tree. Yeah, I think That's I think fair. I could agree with you on that. Yeah, um, I like nothing really stood out to me because I I was kind of trying to listen for s- songs that stand out, songs that sounded good. None of them sounded good. But I will provide everyone with a fun fact. I don't know if I'm stealing this Ooh. from Pat. I'm stealing this from Pat. I just saw okay. his face, and I'm stealing this from him. Uh, track six apparently has Lady Gaga on background vocals. Oh, yes, it does. And I didn't know that. You absolute pleb. And how can you have Lady Gaga simply do background vocals on your album? (laughs) Right? How do you not? Oh, man. There were a lot of people. You know, like Julian Lennon was on this album, too. Right, but... You're kidding me. Yeah. I just, like, I feel like it would have gone up a whole notch if you had Gaga, like, actually duet with Bono. Sure. That, yeah, it would have been, and that probably, you know, would have been a song on the radio. Right. If, if Lady Gaga had duetted with Instead Bono. Instead of a song forced onto your iPod. Yeah. Exactly. Oh Instead of Kendrick Lamar doing, like, an interlude I mean, in between do songs. Do you think everyone knows about that? Do you want to tell, like, actually, like, we've hinted. Yeah, I mean, what, I don't even remember what album it was. It was either Songs of Innocence. I think it was Songs of Innocence. Okay, in the 2014. Last, yeah, 2014 album. Uh, well, it was a huge deal because when they released that record, they did like a joint venture with Apple where it was automatically everybody just woke up one morning and you couldn't get rid of the U2 album yeah. on your phone. And it was this huge deal. Like the number one trending thing on Google is like how to delete this U2 album. And everybody was freaking out. It, it got a lot of negative response. And like Here's, it was, it was. It was a huge like, thing. Like I think that's. It's honestly like a candidate for X Factor because no band has ever I, done anything like that where they just gave out now, and automatically. Can sent it be their negative X Factor? Hold on, maybe. I have a counterpoint to that where that actually happened once. Really? So I used to my old phone. So this is pre-smartphone era. Okay. I had this phone. It was a Nokia. It was like a. It was like a slide phone. Sure. Uh, that was like geared towards music, so it had like a little play button and skip button on it and stuff like that. It came with a song on it, one song, and I had never heard it before, and I've never heard it since. It's called "New Shoes" by Paolo Nutini. Okay, and that song has been stuck in my head for twelve years. <laughs> I'm sorry, it will never that. leave my how head. How does it? How does it go? No, so it, it goes. Hey, I put some new shoes on, and suddenly everything's right. Copyright it will ne- Copyright I feel like strength. I've heard that song, Pat. You like, probably have. Very early then. childhood heard that song. It's, dude, you, you might have had that phone. <laughs> I don't know. I've only ever heard it on that phone. I I haven't looked it up, obviously, but I've sure. never heard it out anywhere. Yeah. 
Uh, so you, they're not the first to do it. Paolo Nutini is, or, okay, or Nuatini or whatever. I don't remember. They're the name. first person that anyone knew did it. Exactly. Uh, so I guess I'll talk about. Yeah, wrap us up here. Songs of experience. Um, I will try my best to be positive here because you guys were both pretty negative. I didn't even say that many negative things. I, I tried to skirt around. I just don't like you two. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So for some of who the negative things that I'm going to say, um, I actually have this same note twice, and I didn't know I did this. For both "Get Out of Your Own Way" and "American Soul," I had semi-catching but a bit off-putting. <laughs> I literally wrote it for both of them. This I is going to get stuck in my head, but I um, hate it. And actually, I actually do know why I put both of. Them. I actually now figured it out. Because Get Out of Your Own Way and American Soul were, it, it's a two-part song. Mm. So one of them just bleeds into the next one. Right. Which is a little clever. Sure. You know, a little clever. Happens. Uh, the Showman, a little more better, <laughs> was pretty catchy. More better. Um, and then the little things that give you away was what I can only describe as drippy pop with a small helping of rock. Yeah. For the most part, compared to the U2 in my brain... On par. Sure. Compared to the U2 I listened to on this podcast already, Pretty significantly bad. worse. Yeah. So U2 has has <laughs> had the miracle of completely elevating what I thought of them musically by listening to them mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then meeting my initial expectation. Yeah, right. That's nice. Uh, That's and good. let's grade let's them. Grade them. Uh, so I'm thinking like a two. No. Yeah, uh, cultural like impact. Two for cultural impact. Uh, I mean, they've got to be in the nines. I think that's okay. very clear. So here's what I'm going to say: uh, They've sold 52 million records. They have sold 150 million records. Um, that's what I meant. What they've sold 150. You said I'm 52. Sorry, 52. They've, they've sold nearly triple. 52 what you said. only in the United States, I think. Yeah, but they've sold the other hundred overseas. Yeah, but in every other country. Since when? No, I'm kidding. Um, that's they're, not what I was talking about. I was easy, talking about something else. They're easily the biggest band in Irish history. Uh, well, that's true. Sorry, Cranberries. Uh, sorry, Cranberries, and sorry, uh, Thin Lizzy. Yeah. Both of whom we've done. That's true. Uh, so we're, they're one of the most critically acclaimed bands of all time. Totally. Uh, they're top top five, I think, in total sales in the United States, something like that. Uh, I don't know if they're that high. I was reading US. about it because they're one. I mean, like they're decently down the list of highest selling artists of all time with 150 million. Like they're still up in that top like 40 or 50. Sorry, on here my we list. go. I got this. Ready? Sure. So they sold 175 million units worldwide. Okay. 52 million records certified by the RIAA, which is okay. what I was saying. Gotcha. And they're the 22nd highest selling music artist in the United States alone. That sounds more like it. And they also, the one that I was saying top five is they have eight albums that have been number one, which is the third most of any group in the United States. Wow. Pretty good. So my statistics, while not making sense, did in fact make sense. You got there. Uh, so we're we're in the nines. I'm I'm gonna say we're in the upper half of the nines. We're definitely in the upper half of the nines. Everybody knows who U two is. Of they've been nominated for two. Or I'm sorry, they've won twenty two Grammy awards. Totally. Um, I mean, they've also won a whole bunch of other awards, but who cares yeah. about them? And <laughs> almost every com comedic show in existence has, at some point or another, taken a shot at Bono for being pompous. That is true. <laughs> oh, I yeah, will say the one that they've never won, even though they've been nominated twice, they've never won an Oscar. Wow, pathetic. Um, yeah. How about a 9.8? A 9.8, I think, works. I think that just makes the most sense, and yeah. we're good. Uh, so, Breadth of Work, there were 14 records. Yes. We've, uh, we've already mentioned sales their sales, so they're going to be very high. 
Uh, I don't think the music helps them, if I'm being honest. No, I would agree that it doesn't help them. Uh, it doesn't would, detract them. I don't it does, think. Exactly. exactly. 100%. It doesn't detract from them either. 100%. So I think wherever they get with 14 albums and $150 million in sales is where they sit. So, and I think that's probably fairly high. I mean, I would think at least I would say in, high eights. in the high eights, exactly. Yeah. What I, would, I, would say. I would say like an 8-8, eight, eight, honestly. Sure. I think, you know what? I feel like we did that a lot last year, and it actually caused me some strife uh, okay. with the end of year season, end of season rankings. Sure, I don't just want to go in the middle, eight seven or an eight nine. Pick one. Eight seven, it is okay. Because we oh, we did that so much last yeah. year. It's like ah, oh, we'll just go two up or two down now. Sure, it, it we have to be more decisive. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. Um, instrumental talent, I don't think it's particularly impressive. Um, I would Bono agree. is impressive at times, uh, but mostly it's fairly boilerplate for you know a rock band yeah i would say they probably do play better than literal boilerplates though yeah i would agree (laughs) i'd have to think about it but i agree yeah i mean if you're trying to argue with me above a five you're not going to get that much higher no i would be a little above a five i don't think for bono and i'm fine with that maybe like a five one or a five two even uh since we gave him the eight seven i'd be okay going the five two but i can't go any higher i'm okay with that uh, and I feel similarly low on songwriting because everything they've ever written sounds exactly the same. I'm a little higher yeah. on songwriting. Then not... instrumental? I think they should be lower on songwriting than instrumental. Okay. I think if you put out 14 albums and every song is the same exact song, then it's got to hurt. Actually, 13 albums, everything's the same. One album at the end where everything was bad. To be fair, so... Songs of Innocence led it was more was closer to Songs of Experience than it was the sure. other stuff. So bad. Well, you know, different. I meant different. But you're thinking bad. I was thinking bad, but I meant different. Uh-huh. Pat has to be good. the positive one. Good. I know. I'm okay giving a five even. I'm. I will be happy with a five. Okay. Even. Now I want. To, they're I know they're gonna you get some go points here. Poetic. Okay, they're gonna get some points here. I'm not saying a ton of points. Sure. Uh, I would be willing to go in like the upper sixes. Okay. So not in the sevens, but you know, they're divisive, and there's sure. the a reason they're divisive because their lyrics are raw. I agree. I mean, they're they're reading and they're the, if you read the lyrics, they're writing about hard hitting things, and you have the choice to agree or disagree with that. That's not what this podcast is sure, about. Exactly. I, I just I totally appreciate agree the fact that. that they did it. Yep. No, I think that I think that's the right approach uh, to this. And I'm willing to go a six nine. I'll give it to him. I will even give you uh, like a point or so of X factor in relation to that album rollout that everyone hated do we want to give them another 0.5 for spider-man turn off the dark i could, uh, so, give, I could take uh, away no, for spider-man no, turn no, off no. The dark. Let, me, let me be clear here the reason i am willing to the reason i would like to give them a half a point here is because one we do give half a point for disasters that was a disaster and spider-man turn off the dark is literally the worst flop in broadway history yeah it lost something like sixty million dollars. Amazing. No, but, but is that? I'd is give them a one point two. U2's fault. I'm okay. I'll with give them one point two. It's not U 2s fault, but it's they're known for it. See, I I, I had no clue that they neither. wrote that. Yeah, yeah, but you're not. Now, in if Broadway you said circles. if yeah. you said no. America American Idiot flopped on Broadway, I would, I would be like, like oh, Green that's Day. Green Day. But American yeah. Idiot yeah. didn't flop. On no, Broadway. it did not. Anyway, I would I wouldn't lie. We're done. We're moving on to Golden Earring. Golden Earring was a Dutch just rock one. band. They were, uh, I said one, Golden Earring. No, yeah, I'm just saying it's just one Golden Earring. Yeah, they, golden were, earrings? No. they were founded in 1961 well, they the in The Hog. The Hague. The Hague. 
Vague. Yeah, they met when they were all in international prison. Uh, from, the Hague. They were all tried in international criminal court, and that's how they ended up in The Hague. Gotta love it. Um, uh, but then they were the Golden Earrings. Right. So they must have left one in The Hague. Is there any way you could tell me the names of the guys who were in this band, pal? Oh, <laughs> of course I could, Nick. <laughs> oh, thank you. I, uh, I just need to know. So, I mean, Can uh, you do it in your Irish accent? No, I cannot. <laughs> I will not do that. Uh, oh. But what I will do is tell you their names. Oh, so, great. So we have, uh, obviously, they're all past members now because the band has since broken up in 2021. Yeah. We have uh, Rhinus Gerritsen. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have George Coymans, uh, Barry Hay, uh, Cesar Zudjervic, Fred Vanderhilst, Hans Van Herverden, Peter Durand, Franz Krossenberg, Jop Egermont. <laughs> Egermont. I'm going to say Egermont. I think so. Saib Warner. My favorite one, Bertus Borgers, uh, Ilko Gelling, Robert Jean Stips, Jean Legrand. I almost said I John Legend. I think you've Legend. done enough. Let's, what uh, are the There's albums? one left. Oh, We're not going to okay. leave out Philip right. Von Boom. No, we can't leave out Philip Von Boom. <laughs> <laughs> you can't leave out the Von Boom. <laughs> I just really wanted to hear you say all their Dutch uh, names. So we did three albums. We started off with 1965's Just Earrings. We followed that up with 1973's Moon Tan, and then uh, we've decided, I think, that we're not going to bleep this year. Sure. Right? We had talked about <gasps> yeah. that. Now, now, this album, be prepared. It Children at home. Yeah. So it doesn't mean that we're going to just rampantly curse, but like if one of us you know, has a slip, yeah. I'm not going to bleep it or edit it out. We're just going to live. We're going to live right. a little bit. Exactly. Hold up. Hold up. He means if one of us has a slip. He means, he means Alex. I yeah. mean you. Except I've been the I'm only about one to. to curse on yeah. the podcast. I'm yeah. about well, to curse about because the 2012 words. album's name was Tits and Ass. <laughs> it sure was. So <laughs> All these 70-year-old men. Well, what else they got to sing yeah, about? I guess. Uh, <laughs> so with all that, why, don't, why doesn't somebody go first, please? Uh, I'll let Alex go first on Just Earrings. All right, uh, I'll go first on. Alex just also went first on you too, though. That's true, but I want to go last, so okay. I'll go first for everyone, I guess. Um, but with Just Earrings, uh, released in 1965, um, it's about as 19, you know, 60s as you would expect. I yeah, feel definitely. like every song in the 1960s was like either sounded really like the Beatles or mm-hmm. was really um, psychedelic or was jazz. Sure. And that's it. Okay. Like, and this was very much, it sounded like the Beatles. So the blues just didn't exist in the 60s then? No, anyway. it, was, it was all out of there. <laughs> yeah, leave <laughs> the poor kid. He doesn't remember. <laughs> yeah, Neither no, do I, we. I, 60s was I, 30 I was, years before we were born there, champ. Mm-hmm. It 30? just was 50 years Nick before was, he was born. I thought Nick was born in like 1970. Yeah, but that's a well-kept secret that he was sure, actually I look born great. then. I, well, <laughs> it's because you, like Stephen Hawking, drink the blood of virgins. Anyways. This it was a good album, like, but it just every song sounded like every other '60s song that I I've heard before, and I I I couldn't have t- told you if they wrote it themselves or if they and they, they did. did write it all themselves, which mm-hmm. was really they did which was really nice, but it sounded like every other '60s song I've heard. The one sure. thing I will credit though, and this is probably because they're trying to sound like the Beatles, totally, is the bass playing sounds phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Like, especially in, uh, I believe it's um, No Need to Worry. It's like the bass line and that is getting very uh, McCartney-esque. Yeah, Garrettson um, was always really good. Yeah. But other than that, it's, you know, it's an okay album. Sure. It's, if you like listening to 60s music, listen to it. Totally agree. Okay. Um, I'm going to go second then because you said you want to go last. I do. 
Uh, I am a little lower than you because I also heard a lot of the Beatles comparisons, but it was like the Walmart brand Beatles. Oh, don't get me wrong. I did. I don't think it was anywhere near the Beatles. It was. I like, know, okay but, but it, it, the reason it bugged me is because if you're gonna do the Beatles, I think the one thing you need to be strong on is vocals, and I just felt like they weren't that strong on vocals. See, that's interesting you said because I thought, and and it is slightly different, but I thought compared to a lot of other bands who were trying to be the Beatles at this time, they were actually really strong in harmony. So harmony, they harmonized well. Mm-hmm. But it was it was total chorus effect. Sure. And that and that mm-hmm. kind of stuck out to me a lot. So like I could hear that they were hitting the right notes, but I didn't like the tones of their yeah. voices. So it just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Uh it wasn't that bad. It's just like if you're gonna compare yourself to like a really good harmonic band like the Beatles and you're gonna do that same style, back it up a little bit. Gotcha. I feel like when they weren't sounding like the Beatles, they were sounding better. Um that's just the way that it sounded to me. Um, a lot of like, really light, fun pop. Uh, they weren't really... Co- I mean, coming from U2, who like wrote the same song 50 times, but wrote the lyrics about really hard-hitting things, this is almost the exact opposite. Yeah, you're not they, allowed to have that in the 1965. They altered it a little bit. They were kind of varying, even though they did stick to that like fun popness. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I just, I just, my voice you're didn't okay. say pop. I just pop, pop. But uh, yeah... The, other than the song I Am a Fool, uh, which was a Gerritsen piece, mm-hmm. um, that did have some variation and a little bit of darker moodiness involved in it. Um, also, When People Talk was a little bit more brooding, but mostly it was that light, fun, poppy, innocent sound, um, and the vocals just were a little lackluster to me. Sure. Uh, I think a lot of the things that you guys have been saying are the things that stood out to me that I wrote down a lot. Um, what I do really like and appreciate, as we mentioned earlier, is they do actually write these songs with one exception. There's only one song on this album that's a cover. It's called Sticks and Stones. And we also heard the Zombies uh, do a version of that song on their very first record way back in season one. Uh, the Zombs, two seasons ago. Yeah, I know. Wow. you believe it? Love them. Love them. Uh, the only other thing that you guys haven't really mentioned uh, is that the recording quality was just kind of unfortunate. Well, yeah. Uh, there were a lot of peaks it's and a things pro- like that. It's yeah. a product of the time. Exactly. Very few artists were getting into the high-level recording studios where you right. could get crisp sound um, in the mid-60s. Yeah. It, and it sucks because a lot of you lose a lot of that now because yeah. the, even the masters sound bad. Yeah, right. So, like, there's no way to fix it now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I actually generally like that. I mean, I like early Beatles stuff, so I enjoyed Golden Earring yeah. uh, quite a bit. But it was super unexpected. Because I was ready for the golden earring of Radar Love and Twilight Zone. Yeah. And this caught me like, I think I was more surprised by this album than almost anything else that we've ever listened to on the podcast. Because if you've heard of golden earring, it's because you know the song Radar Love, which was a huge hit for them. Yeah. This is nothing like that at all. Like the longest song was two and a half minutes. It was, Yeah. you would not think of, of this as the same band. And then without any further ado, I'll just go right into Moon's Hand. Yeah, sure. Take us in. Um. So, Moontan, we're in 1973 now, eight years have passed, and now they're like the heavier rock with a little elements of prog uh, on a few songs. Yes. That kind of band, that's the one that you expected, that's the one that's here on Moontan. This is like their magnum opus. This is their big piece. Uh, and there were a couple of different versions of it. I'm not sure which versions you guys listen to, whether you listen to the one with the U.S. track listing uh, or the original European track listing. I listen to the um the european one but then there is one song 
which was not on um, both, which was Big Tree, Blue Sea. So I listened to that as well, just so I covered okay. all of our bases. So, uh, but that being said, this is awesome. I mean, great opener, great guitar playing with Candy's Going Bad. Like the instruments. Are... I bet you, I know your favorite song. Yeah. Well, I mean. It's hard not to say Radar Love just because I've loved it and I've known it forever and it's just been a favorite. But Are You Receiving Me is the longest song. So good. Yeah. Such amazing saxophone riffing throughout that song too. A nine and a half minute masterpiece, uh, if there ever was one. And there are a lot of these like really every long other songs. nine and a half minute song. But are you heard? receiving me as nine and a half minutes? Radar loves nearly seven minutes. Vanilla Queen, another great one, is is nine minutes. Big Tree Blue Sea, the one I mentioned before, is another eight minutes. But what I thought was pretty They're cool. They're long and interesting. Uh, the change-up pieces, Susie Lunacy and uh, Just Like Vince Taylor, both to me had a very specific sound-like comparison band from this time that I that I heard in both tracks. Did you guys hear that? Do you have any idea who I'm thinking of? I didn't listen to either of those tracks. I did the U.S. track listing. So. You did the U.S. Okay. Uh, I Yeah, they not. were. those two songs were the ones cut off the U.S. track listing and replaced with um, Big Tree Blue Sea. They both sounded to me like they could be Rolling Stone songs. Which I, I thought could, was very cool because I it was just that. it was another way that they showed their range on this yeah. record. Uh, Beatles and Stones are different. Very, very. That was kind of their <laughs> big selling point at yeah. the time. Um, but so it ranges from Rolling Stones, um, Kick and Rock, to more interesting proggy adventures. A few last things about Radar Love, and then I'll let you guys talk. Just that uh, it was first. Well, first of all, Moontan was voted the ninth best Dutch album of all time in two thousand eight. Uh, and re- to readers of Washington Post named Radar Love as the best driving song of all time. Wow. And similar uh, polls were done in Australia and Canada where it also was named the number one driving song of all time. Good for them. And U2 has covered it live before. Oh, hold on. Within episode. Gotta do that. Yeah, I found that it's been covered over 500 times live or in studio by different bands and one of them's U2. Okay, that's a lot. Uh, I'll go second. Because I feel like I'm going to be in the middle of a prog sandwich. You are. And uh, I want to <laughs> say my piece. Um, I liked it. It was good. Uh, I'm not quite as, in a word, orgasmic as Nick was sure. about this it. This was my favorite album of the week, hands down. Yeah. Uh, and I get that. I- I'm not even necessarily going to fully agree, uh, disagree with you. Sure. Um, it's just... I don't know. I already was a little hesitant on their vocals in the first album. and The vocals on Radar Love, The vocals though? on Radar Love were great. And it was definitely my favorite song on this yeah. album. Um, it's just when you get too proggy and you don't have like when we talked about Kansas, I was like, mm-hmm. they're the exception to the rule because they're well, like, it's for me, the well, exception to my rule. OK, of John Anderson from Yes, Can't Sing. Is that what you're saying? That's not what I'm saying. Okay. Uh, I'm saying on the podcast only mm-hmm. the prog we've done on the podcast okay. has typically featured either not nearly enough singing for me or the vocals don't matter to me. Okay. Look, you, no, you, no, you're com- good, you're good. I can see Alex shaking his head. I'm yeah. shaking you my comment, head. You comment when there's not enough bass. I'm allowed to comment when there's not enough vocals. Right. It's the same thing. Nick fair. comments when it's the fair. guitar sucks. We we comment on our instruments. Mm. Yeah, that's fair. That's um, fair. This, I mean, it was good vocals. It was better than some of the other prog vocals we've listened to. Uh, it wasn't the greatest. Uh, I don't think they were trying to be the greatest vocalists. Uh, for the most part, it just some of the songs ran a little long to me, and I get it. I know, Typical. I know that's what prog is. I'm aware of Typical. it. I I didn't dislike the songs, but 
when I got to like the seven minute mark, I'm like, okay, I'm not going to press skip, but I want to press skip. Okay. All right. I guess I'll go next. Yeah, go ahead, Alex. Um, I, first of all, Radar Love is definitely one of the greatest driving songs of all time. Oh, of course. And it's probably like top 100 songs. Easy. I and, wait, think there's on. an argument for that. Top like f- 350 songs. Easy. Definitely. <laughs> How did you? Yeah, I mean, where like, did you just think of 250 songs? You know, like, like the more right I off the songs. top. Uh, I sure. just thought of of 249 versions of uh, White Knight. So, oh, perfect. You know. There it is. All right. Anyway. Anyways. Um, Shout out to Todd so Rundgren. Opening up the the U.S. version was Radar Love, and you know it's classic. Everyone everyone knows it. Well, everyone except for Pat. And then the next song, I know Candy's Going Bad, kind of lost me a little bit. I'm not gonna lie, I, I wasn't a big fan of it, and it, it was a little bit too long. And I was like, eh, like maybe the rest of this album's not. Gonna I be great. never felt more vindicated yeah. than Just, Alex saying, "I know you're gonna now, disagree now, with me." Now from hold now on. on. Just to be clear, on the U.S. track listing, Candy's Going Bad is the shortest song. Just Alex, continue. Throwing it out Oh, there. oh No, I, I, I'm i saying it's, it was a little long. It felt, like, too repetitive and, and uh, not, like, going anywhere. And I was just like, yeah. I know like, you're going to disagree with me. but so like, And then Vanilla soon, Queen, amazing. Amazing. Big Tree Blue Sea, amazing. Um, right? Yes. Are you receiving me? Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> I will give credit to Pat's um. Uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? My um, point, my cri- criticism with with the songs being a little bit too long. Thank you. Um, because because some of them felt like they were long just for being long sake, right? Not so, for like because there are some like prog kind of songs that are I long because they're agree. going places and they're. And I they're, didn't they're feel that movement towards the end. I that's no, exactly yeah, exactly. There were definitely songs that it, that it felt like it was ending and then it didn't. And it was like, and and it just kind of was a little bit weird, but it was all great nonetheless, uh, musically. Um, there yeah, was I think it might have been album of musicianship of the week. I think hands. Oh down. yeah, hundred percent. Um, I think it might have been Wait, Big Tree Blue Sea, where there was, where there was a flute solo that was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of reminded me a little bit, um, Genesisy kind of Jethro Tolley that sure, kind totally. of prog and not really the harder prog stuff. Um, that I'm familiar with. But it was great nonetheless. I loved it. Yeah. It definitely excellent. the top album of the week. All right, Alex, take us into the final album. No, why doesn't Pat start here? us off? No, I want you to start us off. You st- no, I, want you to, I started just, already. We're just going to refer to it as TNA, TNA. from now on. Okay. Because I don't want to be grotesque. I understand. All right, go ahead, Pat. Uh, listen, I don't want to be the one to do this. I don't want to be the one to do this because I already was kind of negative on them. Okay. So somebody else needs to go. So I can be vindicated. Okay. Fine. This album, not great. It, it definitely is. <laughs> In a word. They're getting older and they're they're losing some of their touch. And right off the bat, I heard it when with with their opening track, Identical. When the vocals came in and there was like this effect on them that just like kind of. I was just like I, I don't. It was like it's, a little bit like of of like a drive or like a a, a, a filter or something like that. Trying to sound, hide the old sound. Yeah, it didn't sound good. Um, and like none of the songs really felt good. You know what I mean? Sure, uh, I, I know what you mean. I don't really have much to say about this. Song. Okay, fair enough, Pat. 
I completely agree. I already was the lowest on this band. Not that I'm low on them. Right. I really enjoyed the first two albums. Sure. I just had some criticisms. And this one I have criticisms, but I didn't enjoy the album. Gotcha. It was just not that good. <laughs> uh, I'm very sorry to, to Golden Earring. Uh, I, I just didn't like it. I thought Little Time Bomb was bad. I also, like, I just, I don't know. I did love it. They didn't do anything like that felt proggy to me in this one. No, they were a different band here. Yeah, a very different band here. And I feel just, like they've reinvented themselves over and over again. Right. And I think that this is definitely the third best one we listened to. Uh, I will highlight Over the Cliff into the Deep, Deep Blue for being the shortest song on the album. And that's, wow. that's it. Okay. Um, I'm different on this than you guys, I guess. I just didn't um, love it. It just, I'm sorry. I know I'm, you're going to say positive things. Uh, yeah, I'm going to do my best. And I'm, I mean, and I'm I glad. don't think that it was the best album. Yeah, that's fine. I'm, I'm glad you're going to say positive things. Okay, yeah. Um, well. I just, for me, like, as they got older, I also was a little jaded by the title. It just. Yeah, that was definitely a problem. Yeah, it was all kind of a little I, problematic. I, I went expected into it the worst. Yeah, see, that's the problem. I went into it negative based on the title, and then I didn't think it was as bad as I had feared. Okay, so one, I thought that, uh, as we've kind of mentioned before, when you don't have a ton in terms of vocals, then you don't have a ton to lose, and the vocal degradation, while at times covered with some effects, wasn't that serious to me. I didn't notice a lot of degradation. Um, I get it. And, you know, the first couple of tracks kind of almost turned me off, and then the third track, Cool As It Gets, sounded a whole lot like Long Cool Woman in a Black Dress by the Hollies. I and so I was like, it. oh, I'm kind of interested in where this goes. And then it went in a different direction after it had like kind of a similar opening guitar. Yeah. Uh, which I thought was cool. And then after that, I listened to it a little bit more closely. And I heard some decent variation. Like, it's mostly what I would categorize as pleasantly forgettable rock music. Okay. Um, With solid variation in style on the tracks. Like, it was not the same song over and over again. There That's were 14, true. like, definitively different ideas, none of which I thought were really bad most of which I thought were fine background music, uh, except for the song uh, What Do I Know About Love, which I thought was probably the best track uh, on there. I was kind of expecting it to be really terrible, and then I went into like pleasantly forgettable, and then by the end I was like, you know what? I'm actually surprised by how much I enjoyed it. Sure. Not as like I'll go back and listen to it again, but I was like, you know, this was really nice background for, for an hour. Like I can that, dig that. That sounds like somebody who desperately wanted this to be positive and found the I positive really wanted e it. The, found the yeah. positive yeah notes. i thought it was going to be really bad and then it wasn't i had the I lowest it. it's like let me put it this way Compa this final album compared to u2's final album way better i would agree with you there um low bar low bar but classic rock band 2010s album not nearly as bad as it could have been yeah i uh, mean i don't know yeah that's yeah, I'm a, I think at a certain point, a band has to realize. I mean, I don't want to say this because this is so mean. Because it's like you know, music. Are you about to say retire? A band should just not make an album. <laughs> to just okay. retire. Like, they're all like seventy. So I, the only reason I disagree with that, this album was number one in the Netherlands. Well, the only reason I disagree with that, Alex, it's a very specific reason. For me, music can be whatever you want it to be. And it's up to the listener to agree or disagree with it. So even though I disagree with this music, I don't like this music. 
I can't. It's the same reason. Like I'm not one of those people who's like mumble rap shouldn't be a thing. Like sure, it can oh, be I a totally thing. Agree with you. It can be a thing that I just don't like. I agree. You know, like no, no I, I agree with you. I'm not saying this album shouldn't have been made, but I'm saying it couldn't have been made, and nothing in the world would be changed. You know what I mean? Except for that little time it was number one in the Netherlands. Yeah, that would be. Can different. you imagine in the Netherlands, like someone announcing, "Here are the, are the top albums of this week: Tits and Ass." <laughs> Great. I I can yeah. imagine that being. I don't I don't well, know. Maybe they're a little more lackadaisical yeah. about that stuff I think than they, they are, are in America. Um. Anyway, so let's grade them. Before we grade them, sure. I just want to say that as the members of Low Totem, mm-hmm. uh, we have homework. Oh, good. And that is to find a way to mash up Avenue of Broken Dreams with Boulevard of Broken Dreams. Deal. To create the roads of broken dreams. Perfect. I love it. That's it. Okay. So, uh, for cultural impact, let's start here in the U.S. They're a two-hit wonder, I would call them, in the United States. Okay. With Radar Love and Twilight Zone both being top ten hits for them here. Sure. Radar Love being a huge one. In the Netherlands, though, they're like one of the most popular rock acts from the Netherlands ever. They have released 25 albums, yes. seven of which were number one in the Netherlands, mm-hmm. 18 of which have been in the top 10. Yeah. So I don't want to disc... They're not going to get a huge bump from the Netherlands, but we cannot discount no. that they were like one of the most popular bands from that country ever. One of the most popular bands in that country. Yeah. yeah, yeah Not yeah, yes. just from that country, correct. in that country. Yes. It's a very small difference. You're but... right. You're abs- That's a correct semantic distinction. So... That gives them something gives on them top something. of, of what they have. I'm not putting them at a one. I'm putting them in the twos. I would argue a three. Oh, then I'm all and, about it. Honestly, that. the reason I would do that is because uh, while they haven't charted extremely well in the United States, charting extremely well in the Netherlands plus Moontan and Cut both being in the yeah, top 25. Cut was the record that had Twilight Zone on it. Right. So they're both in the top 25. Mm-hmm. I mean, other than that, they have you know a bunch of them that charted in the hundreds or above and yeah, didn't right. chart at all mm-hmm. uh so i would give them a full three i love it i'm all about I'm it breath of work. That, yeah um there are 25 albums quite um, a lot quite a lot of albums quite a lot of albums uh we've already pretty much mentioned how well they done moontan was gold in the united united states yeah other than that it was mostly just charting really well in in the netherlands right i don't know what netherlands certifications are I'm not either. Um, but I, the fa- they're not listed here. You're right, yeah, I don't which know Which I are. would assume to be charting that well, you'd have to be hitting those. That, I would think so, too. Uh, it like it, it doesn't make any yeah, sense to me. Yeah, you don't go number me. one over and over and over and over again without hitting yeah. some sort of, yeah, of Dutch certification. But anyway, uh, so I do think they deserve some something for, for that, even if it's a point one. Yeah. Um, and then I think their music is more good than bad, and they should get a little credit for it. Okay, I mean... I'm going to be honest with you in terms of the breadth of work 25. So, I mean, we're, are we baselining like a six there? I think we got a baseline at least a six for 25 albums. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm willing to give them like a six one. I would want more than a six one for 25. I would records. want maybe a six, six, three, six, four. I would agree with Alex. Uh, okay. So you're both at a six, three or six, four and I'm at a six one. So let's do a six, two. I would go with a six, three. Cause I'm at a six, four. Uh, I guess. All right. I mean, you can't knock 25 albums. You can't. And I guess. I 25 just, albums. They were good. Like, the first one was just solid. The last know. one I thought was just pleasantly forgettable. And Moonshan was the best record we heard this week. And they, like, you know, every album, like, they was kind of different genre They would definitely like reinvent had... themselves for each album. Well, yeah, uh, I don't we'll know get to that. that we'll get, we'll times, get to that but... in songwriting talent. 
Uh, but instrumental talent, I think they made it clear specifically on Moontan that they're the best group of musicians of the two that we've talked at, about today. Yeah. I'm they're better willing musicians to give you the 6-3, but it's under protest. Okay. I mean, instrumental talent, you got to be above that. They're clearly... Above a 6-3? Yeah. They're clearly the better group In of instrumental musicians. instrumental talent? Oh, easy. Of course. Pat, Pat's hesitant because he doesn't <sighs> like the vocals, even though the rest of it was really good. Right. But They showed same... so much instrumental talent. I, I'm, no, Pat, 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 I want you to know I'm I'm not going to be that much above like a six. I'm, I'm probably at like a six, seven, maybe a six, yeah, eight. That's that's 100 percent where I'm right. at, too. That's OK, where I'm, at. I'm a little lower than that. I'm not much lower than that. I'm in the sixes, though. But I just I don't think the vocals were that good. Yeah, but everything else was everything right. else was really strong. That's fine, which is why I mean, think about it this way: with everything, when everything else was weak and the vocals were good, we gave them, we gave you two a five three, a five two, a five two. So the fact that it's reversed and we're giving them a full more than a point higher, like, um, it's you not think like vocals matter and they don't. Vocals do matter. Fine, vocals absolutely you matter. Can, I'm willing up, to give up. a you six five. You can release an entire right, album six, of just instruments, and it'll be a good album. You can release an entire album of just vocals, and who's going to listen to it? Anybody who's ever listened to any barbershop yeah, quartets know, or any harmonics no, I mean, like, of any just kind. Straight up, I mean, fine. just straight it's up fine. vocals. Alex, you and I are never going to agree with Pat on which thing we like more. Uh, Pat's, the Pat's most compromising I can be is a 6-6. Six, six. I mean, I think a 6-5. I wanted to give them the same and score. I wanted, to give a, I wanted to give them a 6-8. And Alex was also a 6-7, six, 6-8. Six, so a 6-6 six, six is the lowest I can go. <sighs> I think you're just being fanboys, but whatever. I think you're just being an anti-prog hater. I literally said I liked it. Mm-hmm. You're I like, mean, we're arguing I in like the sixes. It. We're uh, arguing okay. in the sixes. And Fine. songwriting talent, they're better than you two as well. Okay, sure. They definitely it, are. You just give them whatever scores you want to give them. No, because no, no, that's, yeah, no, no. That's, okay, I, so, that's all I can so, say. I know. You feel so with songwriting good when talent, I have control. With songwriting talent, they definitely hit the nail on the head with um, with Moontan. Exactly. And that's Outside it. Outside of that, I don't really know how much how much I'm I'm giving them for it. Like it's one everything album. Everything else just sounds kind of like really standard. I'll give. Like them we're maybe arguing like how a, much better than you two they are, but you two sold a hundred and fifty more albums than them. Sure, a hundred fifty more. That's more not even a lot. One hundred fifty million more. Okay. Sorry. Sure, but yeah, every they, they got two that song that sounds the same. Work and cultural impact, Pat. Exactly. I know, every two song sounds the same. They're boring. Uh, Anyways, is I'm not, like not going much above like a. I'm I'm kind of in the five 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 or to, to See, six range. You're saying that like it's this. different from what I wanted. I wanted them oh, to get okay. a five and a half. I'm fine with the five. That's and a half. fine. We can give them a five and a half. Pat, what did you think? Let me know. I would have been putting them a little closer to five. I thought Moon Tame was really good. I thought the first album was derivative, and I thought the last album was bad. Do we want to maybe okay. go five four? <laughs> so, compromise a little bit. I thought Moon Tan was really good. I thought we listened to one out of three albums that was really good. Okay. And I thought the first album, as you said, Alex, it was extremely derivative yeah. of the other bands at the time. Sure. Definitely. Okay. But Moon Tan was good, and I know that they probably most know, of their stuff is good around that. there. Yeah. yeah. But 5-4 it is then. Uh, poetic Talent, uh, what do you think, Pat? Uh, it, I mean, light poppy stuff, prog stuff that didn't have a lot of vocals, and then the lyrics on the last album were not good. I didn't notice them. They weren't that good. I mean, that's, they were forgettable. Yeah, right. It has, they it has weren't to be bad, like a, like a, but... like a two or something like that. Like a one. I mean, no, I'm not a not one a or a two. I would be. You have to be actively them... bad to get that. Yeah, I mean, I'd be giving them uh, like, a, like a four and a half. That is but Are more they like poetic at all? Oh, all right. They were, I mean, they weren't For the most part, poetic. the rule that we've stuck with for things like Poetic Talent, if nothing sticks out at all, it's all just kind of solid nothing has detracted or added is a five. That's just kind of flatly in the middle. If you have gotcha. moments that show your talent, 
it's above. If you have things where I go like, oh, God, that's awful, you lose. Yeah, and I, there were no moments that were good lyrically, and there were some times when it felt a little cheesy, a little corny, and, the I mean, just the title of the last album. That was brutal. I think they should should have went from five to four and a half on the title alone. And, and that's fine. <laughs> uh, X Factor, no. No, I don't think X Factor. Okay. Well, then here we go. New Kids on the Block. New Kids on the Block had a bunch of hits. Chinese food makes me sick. <laughs> and uh, so did they? Yes, that's correct. Good, good. Yeah, my only knowledge of New Kids on the Block was that song by LFO, Summer Girls. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, New Kids on the Block, also initialized as NKOTB, is an American boy band. They're from Dorchester, Massachusetts. And that's it. They're, so, it consists of brothers, Jonathan and Jordan Knight. Joey McIntyre, uh, Danny Wood, and then Mark Wahlberg's older brother, Donnie. And Mark, for a time before they released music, was a part of the group and then wasn't. Yeah, well, then he went to go form his Funky Bunch. Right, exactly. Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. Can't wait to do them, by the way. Oh, God. Can't wait to do them. Uh, (sighs) So uh, New Kids was active from 1984 to 1994, then in 2008 went, you know what, let's do this again, and are still active today, apparently. Great. And we went over three of their albums. Uh, we went over New Kids on the Block, the, the you know, titular. Right. I don't know. <laughs> the eponymous. Eponym- I was trying to think of another word besides eponymous because we right. say that all the time on this podcast. It's the obligatory eponymous album. Yeah. Um, so that came out in 1986. Uh, Hangin' Tough was the other one that came out in 1988. And then 10, which makes no sense to me because it was neither their 10th album but- or came out in 2010, so I, I or had the, 10 tracks. I said the same thing, and I looked it up. They counted their compilation albums that came out, and then said it was their 10th album. Oh, so they cheated. Ridic- yeah, that's, so not they cheated. that's not real. That's not real. So, I mean, it really should be Nonsense. called, what, 7? Something like that, yeah. Uh, but that came out in 2013. Okay. I just want to talk about this. Let, let uh, me let me lose. Yes. Uh, so, Nick, remember not to curse too much. Right. So, I literally knew nothing about this band. At all, other than, like, I had seen posters in people's rooms and 80s movies and stuff. Like, I didn't know a single song that they'd ever released. I've never heard them before. Uh, I had no idea that a Wahlberg was involved until I started doing my research and listening this week. I hated it. I hated it so much. (laughs) This was the worst experience of my entire life, except for Selena Gomez. She will always be worse. Um, Well, maybe we'll one day beat her. Uh, Some of the notes that I have here are... Bubblegum garbage, insipid nonsense. Uh, let's see. One of the ones that's neutral is I had no clue kids in their name was actually literal. Uh, I had no idea yeah. they were they were children singing. Yeah, they uh, were young when this album came yeah. out. Yeah. Uh, worst title track of all time is another thing that I've written down there. Uh, <laughs> the song "Are You Down" I wrote is suicide inducing. Okay. Um, sure. So here's something interesting about this album. Oh. Was it, was the rest of it not interesting? No. Well. <laughs> I guess it was interesting. So this album has sold triple platinum in the U.S., but it was initially a huge failure. Uh, it was their second album that was incredibly successful that yes. caused everybody to go back. Uh, and I think they released one of the singles from this album again, uh, and then everybody went back and bought it after the fact. So this was this didn't do well at all, uh, which makes perfect sense because the guy who wrote all these songs and kind of got this thing together was a man named Maurice Starr. Yeah. Uh, and Maurice Starr was a failure as his own solo act. So he tried to make it in music first before gathering the new kids on the block together to sing his horrible, terrible songs. And I, I, to be clear, 
new kids on the block we're going to talk about some good things not in their music eventually um so he just to get everyone ready for that so uh i just thought it was great that his solo career he was described as a cross between barry gordy and pt barnum that i'm sorry which wait what that is how his maurice star's solo career was received as a cross between I want to just say the founder have, of Motown Records and the founder the founder of the never P. been T. more Barnum interested. Circus. Whoever wrote that though has made me more interested in his solo work. You're not wrong. It's like, going to be awful, but you're not wrong. <laughs> I can't help it. Yeah, no, I, right. I totally get it. Um, is there anything else that more? I need to say about this? Oh. Uh, yeah, there's one other thing that I wanted to say is okay. like the whole point of this is that, okay, you're going to have like this kids group, but at least they're going to sing really well because there's no actual and music they going on. Can't they sing. can't sing. They're not even good. They're not even yeah, good at singing. Well, yeah. It's their whole shtick. Yeah. Uh, but I thought me. vocals didn't matter, Nick. Didn't we just talk when about the how only vocals thing, don't matter? When they're the only thing because there's no actual instruments on the track, then yeah. they damn well better be good. And they would not. Uh, Alex, do you want to go or do you want me to go? Uh, yeah, I'll go. Okay. Um, album sucks, point blank, period. <laughs> I don't think 13-year-olds should ever be Some of them were, like, in s- their upper teens, though. Uh, the, the youngest was 13, the oldest was, like, 17 or something yeah. like that. And it sounds like it. And, like, the moments that you're like, this is supposed to be impressive, it's just like a 13-year-old going... And it's like, no, that's it sounds like a 13-year-old yeah. trying to sing. And it's not great. And all the songs sound like those bubblegum. Like, th- the entire time I was like, man, I wish I was Whitney- listening to Whitney Houston. Because then it'd at least wow. be, like, good yeah. vocals. Yeah, sure. You know what I mean? Right. It, it, like, the, the, the songs all sound similar to it. But it's like, at least then I'd be, like, impressed by her, like, singing really high sure. or something. This just sounds awful. Yep. And it flopped when it first came out. It only became platinum after their second album became good, but it's still bad. Like, just because it's three times platinum, it's still bad. It's terrible. Anyways, that's all I just want to say. Thank okay. you. Like, this album sucks. So? Pat loved it. I loved it. No. <laughs> uh, my, I'll read some of my notes. Yes, uh, We've established that this album is a p- steaming pile of garbage. Yes. Uh, there are no redeeming qualities except for the fact that it ended. <laughs> uh, so... Some of my notes um, for the song Stop It Girl, the opening, I went, oh, sweet baby Jesus, <laughs> right off the top of the, right off the bat, because I listened to a three minute and 43 second song with zero instruments, except for voices that were terrible. Yes. Like they couldn't sing. Not like, so at least, you know, if you go to other artists who have done this, um, I, I want to say they were trying to emulate the Jackson 5. Sure. We kind of mentioned that, Alex. You kind of mentioned it a little bit um, off camera, I believe. But, like, that that had to be what they were going for. But the Jackson 5 could all sing really well. Yep. And and I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Joey McIntyre. I believe that's the little boy's name. Okay. The one who tries to be little Michael? You cannot sing like Michael Jackson. Not even a little bit. You're not... I mean... Whatever, but well, uh, like literally in in the Wikipedia page, it says like Maurice Starr. Like they had four members, and Maurice was like, "No, we need a fifth member." And he found McIntyre because he was like, "This is our Michael Jackson." Wow. And, like, and guess what? No, 
he the only reason he was their Michael Jackson is because he was prepubescent and had the prepubescent boy voice, but absolutely not the vocal talent that I'll Michael tell Jackson you what, had. Bringing him on though at that time was a very Barry Gordy meets P.T. Barnum moment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, some other notes. Uh, for track two, Didn't I Blow Your Mind, I said no, but you made me blow my brains out. <laughs> uh, for the song Popsicle, I just have in uh, all caps, hate it. No. Uh, and then in, for the song Don't Give Up On Me, I said I do give up on you <laughs> and life. Uh, I, I, I like yeah. to critique things in songs yep so when i don't get to like when there is literally nothing to critique and instead i can only hate that i'm listening to it you have failed yeah because i really try to find positivity yeah we we both had very specific musical reasons for what we liked and disliked about you two and golden earring and the very specific musical thing i hate about new kids on the block is that it is just contrived audio product sound yep Without any soul or heart, but they're trying to sing like they have soul and heart. And it just completely fails. Yeah. And I'm going to go on to Hanging Tough here, which is totally different. I loved it. <laughs> no, it's terrible. <laughs> so here's the thing. It took, this is now their second album. Mm-hmm. It took until number the track number four on their second album. So the first album has 10 tracks. So this is mm-hmm. now track 14 of New Kids on the Block for there to be a damn instrument. Now there's an instrument, right. I heard a little bit of guitar. Yep. And I was like, oh, my God. It's like it's literally like a, like a sip of water in the middle of the desert. I yeah. clung to that. I waited for that guitar riff every time. It was just a little like, like it was such a little riff. Yeah. And I was waiting for it every time. It was bad. Yep. I, it's it's so bad. Uh, there was a couple songs on this one where they really tried to push Donnie Wahlberg as being, like, the machismo tough guy. Yeah. And it just didn't work. No. Um, I think it's ironic because this had to be before Mark Wahlberg became a machismo tough guy. Sure. So, like, they almost were right. <laughs> yeah, very close. Uh, Kept the wrong Wahlberg. Just, well, no, so, like, that's why Mark Wahlberg wasn't in the band, because, like, they were like, oh, like, yeah, they're a hip-hop group, but, like, all the boys, like, don't do crime or anything like that, and Mark Wahlberg was doing crime, so they were like, yeah. out of the band, He's Mark too Wahlberg. hardcore for new kids oh, on man. the block. Um, yeah, it's just more of the same stuff. It's that really cheesy 80s sound, a lot of, like, drum machine, badness. Uh, they still can't sing. It's only been like what a, a year or, or a couple like of years. Two years, maybe. I think two years. So they, I mean, they haven't gotten better at singing. Nope. The only thing that's kind of happened is Joey McIntyre. His voice is a little bit lower. Right. He, like he's, he's just he's starting not going to for full hit baby puberty. Michael Jackson anymore. Um, but uh, that's about it. I I don't have much more to say. The only other note that I really took was for the song "What You Gonna Do About It." Um. It, they tried to sound so tough, and I literally put all the machismo of a bag of baby carrots. That sounds about right. Like, just absolutely failed at trying to sound like tough guys. Yeah. All right, Alex, I call on you. This album also sucks. <laughs> um, like, I, I, like, every single... Like, we talked about how with um, Golden Earring, like, they wrote songs that just... You know, the 60s was just kind of a product of the sure, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And with this kind of genre, every song's going to sound the same. Yep. Like, it just kind of is what it is. But it all just sounds bad. Like, nothing really stood out to me to be, like, good. And right. like you said, Pat, when you said you heard a guitar for the real time, I heard a bass for the for the first time. Yeah. Like a real mm-hmm. bass at one point. And I was like, this is amazing. Yeah. And, I mean, it's, here's, it's and then the rest of the song happens, and you're like, oh. Yeah. I, I want to say something. So I tried really hard. So, I, I mean, I work with people who are older than us, who were around when new kids really hit the scene, and I asked all of them. I'm like, explain it to me. Yeah, why? Like, why expl- did you do like, this? What, did I, what am I missing here now that I'm listening to them, you know, what, 40 years later? Yeah. You know, explain it. Like, I have- I just like, want to know. And all of them were like, we don't know why they were popular. They just were. We don't know what it was. We didn't like listening to them. Like, and I even asked, like, you know, the women I work with, and they were like, none of them were cute. Like, yeah. I, I don't know what, like, well, nobody knew why they were famous. I don't. I Do don't you want to know who loved this album? Ugh. Low Totem's very own George. No, he did not. He, at the party, Do I appreciate it. Do he, it. He I said had it to a two inch micro penis. Thank you. That, that's George's opinion. George was like George. Nick was like saying to George, like, or was talking to me and was like, "Oh yeah, like listen to the podcast stuff, blah blah blah," because we celebrated Pat's birthday this past weekend. Yes. And George went, "Oh, who's who's on the podcast?" And we were like, "You two, um, Golden Earring, New Kids on the Block." And George went, "Oh, New Kids on the Block, they got that one album." And and Nick went, "Hanging Tough." And George went, "Yeah, it's great." And Nick went, "No, it's not. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's not." So I I legitimately am questioning my friendship with George. I know we we all have <laughs> I, to now. I'm, I'm George, terrified. if you're listening, I love you, buddy. Yeah, I just had to, had to let the world know that you Yeah, <laughs> You just had to block. completely dunk on him real it, quick. That is actually <laughs> way more embarrassing than the thing he said that you drop in every episode. That's true. Uh, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> so, anyway. But, uh, yeah, this ahead. album sucks. Yeah. Nick, go ahead. Okay. Uh, I have some nice things to say about this album. One, Ooh. I found it, at times, merely cringe-inducing. Okay, um, okay. <laughs> there were times when I thought it was only like, ugh, God. Uh, there were other times when, as Pat mentioned, there was a guitar, uh, which would be immediately ruined, of course, with more bubblegum nonsense. Yeah, but uh, at everything least it else existed, was terrible. It, at Nick. least it existed. Any port um, in a storm. Yeah, exactly. You're absolutely right. Um, another horrific title track. I said about New Kids on the Block that that was the worst title track I ever heard. Hangin' Tough did, in fact, give it a run for its money. Yeah, but it made it me tried. think of one thing, and Alex, you are way too young for this, but Pat, I am praying that you're on board with me here hanging tough reminded me of the theme song for the beetleborgs oh my gosh (laughs) it totally does that's all i needed to hear okay i just needed you to remember the beetleborgs redemption redemption way too favorite album yeah um also one last note on this before i move on to the most recent one which is children singing love songs is hilarious because they cannot feel that emotion yeah, so the very same problem we had with Jackson Five. Yeah, it's it's where just it's doesn't like sound you should right. be singing like "Oh girl," like the song "Please Don't, don't Go know. Girl" like made me legitimately cringe. Yeah, like I was legitimately like I'm uncomfortable. Yep. Okay, ten. As we discussed earlier, if you include all of their compilation albums, this is the tenth album they've released. It's a stupid title. No one counts compilation albums towards your total studio albums. You're dumb. I hate you. Uh, Now, Maurice Starr has been replaced by a giant team of writers. There are now anywhere between 
three, four, five, six, seven, eight people writing all of these songs. Well, well they split from Maurice Star, like okay, kind of a little bit after Hanging Tough. Okay, I fair just, enough. Hold on, I'm just before you get too far. Yeah, now, go ahead. I just was looking at the Wikipedia. Please adoring this. Yeah. That wasn't even their 10th album if you include their compilation albums. Because they have one, two, <sighs> three, four, five, six, seven, eight. That came out before 2013. Maybe the, there's a live album in there, too. <laughs> like, so they're, they grasp, had, they're grasping no, 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 Nick. I'm saying just eight compilation albums. Oh, my God. So oh, eight compilation wow. okay. albums and seven. Like, well, there's only a couple the, that they count. They none don't of count this makes any sense, no. though. Of course not. Nothing. Ha- it doesn't need to make sense. But anyway, uh, if you've ever listened to the podcast before, you know a team of writers writing all the songs for a group of people who have no Goes input really in the songwriting well. progress. It, it always works out. So this album is fantastic. No, I'm just kidding. I hated it. Um, <laughs> so here's what's different. It used to be that horrible, cringy 80s pop with some weird, awkward rapping in it. Now they've just replaced that with the most bland possible 2010s pop sound that's being yeah. written by a bunch of people, and it all sucks. Um, I have positive things to say. Stay tuned. It's the best of the three. In the sense, I mean, like, it's the best of these three, just like you can be the tallest kid in kindergarten. It doesn't make you tall. It's true. It's that's, true. A, that's it. There's Is nothing that your whole good. Note? This, yeah, it's all really bad. But if you compare it to two of the worst albums ever recorded, it seems like it's better than it is, I sure. guess. That's fair. The litmus yeah. test. Yeah. Do you want to go second, Alex? Because I have uh, some positive things to say. I uh, Yeah, I'll go second. Um, this album is, is not good. Uh, I've said that for every single one. This one is, is my favorite by far of all the three, but certainly way down the list of albums that like I've listened to and enjoyed. Like, I never, don't yeah, enjoy this yeah, at all. They've never produced a track that I would ever listen to twice. Sure. The, the it reminded me of uh, 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 the greatest show, um, with like, especially with the opener we own tonight. Like it sounded yeah. like that kind of like the greatest showman like kind of song, theatrical. Um, and then every single song after that sounded like it too, and it just didn't sound good. I I just want to say really quickly though. They released an EP after this, which we don't listen to EPs, so right? We, you know, unless they're the only thing available. I would just like to say that the last song in their EP, they wrote, and it's called "Still Sounds Good," and they do not still <laughs> sounds good. They uh, not needed still that. sounds good at all. Yeah, <laughs> they needed they needed someone to say it, so they said yeah. it. <laughs> um, okay, but yeah, th- this is not a good album. Um, they're older now, so it's like, what's the appeal? You know, you're they're in their like fifties. Like, stop. So singing. okay. Anyways, the appeal is is obvious to me. Money. Uh, well, no, that's the appeal for them. That's the appeal. So the appeal that they're they're hitting now is nostalgia. So oh, what sure. happened before this was uh, new kids teamed up with the Backstreet Boys, and. I think what happened here is the Backstreet Boys taught New Kids on the Block how to sing. Sure. Because they're much better vocally here. Yeah. Now, I think that's about 50-50. There's, there's still a lot of auto-tune. Well, I was going to say it's about 50-50 them being better and 50-50 their tech being better. Sure. Um, yeah. They're clearly auto-tune involved in this. 
they weren't even trying to hide it. Like, it's not even disguised auto-tune. It's like, hey, we're going to sing, and you're going to lock in these harmonies with auto-tune. Yep. However, again, the the bar was low. Mm-hmm. So auto-tuned harmonies sound way better than, you know, I guess technically they were singing in the last two albums. Right. Um, The vibe is, I mean, they're just... The only note that I have, like, in terms of the overall vibe is bland chads. Yeah, that's good. That makes sense. That's what they were going for. They're going for the total, like, chad bro, like, we we own it, like, take my, you know, oh, blah, blah, blah. Like, it was okay in comparison to the other stuff. It was super corny. Yep. Like, just super corny. Um, Now, I'll tell you what, though. A lot of that won't hurt them because they don't even bother to write their own songs. Yeah, that's a great point. But like, <laughs> they seriously, can't go like, lower than not writing was, their own music. It was so. not great. At best, it was okay. It was usually bad. Um, the song "Survive You," which is the technical closer, was decent. It actually was a decent song. It's not a song I'll listen to again, but it was decent. Um, and so honestly, like. I don't know what else to say other yeah. than let's grade them. I agree. So let's start with their their t- category that they will do the best in. For sure. Which is cultural and, impact. And, and let me be honest with you, okay? Love them or hate them. New Kids on the Block. Had a bunch of hits. <laughs> they did. But New Kids on the <laughs> Not Block, Not one that I've ever heard of. But. What, I, what I do appreciate about them is I think without New Kids on the Block, New Edition... Those older boy bands that got put together. New Edition was better than New Kids, though, I think. Uh, they were both more lined out. Um, I think that they paved the way for boy bands that are actually good. And okay. now, oh, good is, an, is a strap, but, like, vocally good. Sure. Like, you may not love NSYNC or the yeah. Backstreet Boys. Do you remember when we did NSYNC on this yes. show? Because they got annihilated for how bad they were. They did, but that was a lot of a lot to do with... We were so frustrated because when they sang, they were good, but they did a lot of really terrible things like experimental noises as well. Yeah. Like harmonically, they were good. Sure. Like, I think the boy band genre learned from its mistake with mm-hmm. with new kids and brought in singers. Sure. Like 98 Degrees was, is, a, is one that's slightly lesser known, but Nick Lachey's yeah. group. Yeah, no. Singers. Sure. Uh, you know, One Direction singers, right? Like they brought all the all the new boy bands can sing at least. Mm-hmm. So thank you, New Kids, for biting that bullet for us. Sure. And also, I guess I mean, yeah. listen, it's not a genre that I love because yeah. I'm not a teenage girl. Exactly. And that's I, the whole. Mar- that's all they do. That that's all they market. That's to. it. So, but we did really love T Swift, who also markets to that group, but not anymore. Not anymore. She's That's as true. you know what when you know when she marketed teenage girls when she was a teenage when she girl. She was a teenage girl, and now that she's an adult, she markets to adults because that's what she writes. Because her anyway. audience grew up with her. Exactly. You know who we have to thank for the boy bands? Maurice Starr. Ugh. Uh, gotta he, love. Gotta he love good old Maurice yeah. uh, okay. Both new edition anyway. and new kids on the block. What do Wait, we think? Really? Fascinating. Yeah. Hold on. Hold on. That's actually. Hold on. I didn't know that. That's huge. Because yeah, new kids on the block edition. and new edition were like huge rival boy bands. Like they were in the eighties what Backstreet Boys and NSYNC were in the nineties. So the fact right. that he founded both of them and like Pat, just this fabricated is, this is that. capitalism one oh one. But like no, that, no, this no, is no. like so he, Burger he, King he, versus he, Popeye's chicken sandwich. Oh, the same company owns both franchises? Yeah. 
No, he he founded a, a new edition, helped them produce and release their first album. Then they split, and then he founded New Kids on the Block. That's okay. incredible. Yeah. What, yeah. what a okay. world Can we, we live give in. them a score, please? Yeah, it's uh, high. Four. It, no, it's high. No, I mean, they were super popular at the time. Now... I, yeah, it's amazing definitely. that I, they have literally zero songs that I've ever heard before in my life, which is incredible. I get it. But it's I definitely mean, more of a name. But I like, think I would they were one of those things. Like they were so popular sevens. in their time, and then they all their music immediately died. It immediately died with them yeah. in the 80s because I, it never reached me. That's it fine. Got, it got it replaced with go better higher. boy band music. Yeah. It doesn't need to go it doesn't need to go much further cuz the name did survive. Sure. I would yeah. put them in the 7s. That's fine. Yeah, I I'm with no, you. I have no disagreement. Let's with go that. with a 75. I was thinking the same thing. Now, Breath of Work, you would we were talking about their album numbers ever. One is actually a Christmas album. We do we have historically discounted those. That does not that count. That is true. So we got to get rid of those million couple millions of sales, get rid of that album. So that leaves us with 6. So that's our standard. Yeah, that, that leaves is us with the six. standard. So their sales, I would argue, are phenomenal. Their music, so if let's say we put them in a five for six albums, mm-hmm. their sales take them up to like an eight, and then their quality takes them down to a point one. So I'll settle anywhere in between this. Anywhere between an eight and a point one. Ah, uh, man, that's that's. I mean, this is a this is a group that's got to get murdered for quality. Absolutely murdered for it. I don't disagree with you. There's so many multi-platinums, though. They've sold 80 million records worldwide. I know. Really makes you hate yourself, right? As, uh-huh. a, as a member of a band. It, it makes me embarrassed to be a human being. Like, as a member of a band who, like, is like, proud of the It's times like these out. where I wish that I was, like, a frog. Wow, ribbit, ribbit, man. Um, Jeremiah was a bullfrog. Okay. Do we just give them a five? I was thinking exactly that. Do we just give them a yep. five? Average... Plus some, minus some. It's average. They go um, in my in my eyes. They gain five points for the eighty million sales, get a ten, and they lose a full five for how bad they were. I'm okay with that. Instrumental talent. It's bad. It's there was bad. no instruments. The voices, the voices are not are good, and there are no other instruments underneath yeah, them. Yeah, I'm like I'm sorry. I'm in like the one range at highest. I'd be willing to give them a one. Okay. Because and the only <laughs> reason I'll do that is because on the last album. They could sing notes. They Deal. weren't just loudly yelling. Okay. Uh, <laughs> songwriting and poetic. 99.9% like of the time, like, they don't write any of the music. Yeah, or song, or, at all. Yeah, so they definitely don't do any of the songwriting. That's a point one. Like maybe like a point two. They might get Because they, they've done a couple of songs. A they've few done like of a them, couple here and there. Right, yeah. but what I believe that they're doing, if I'm not, if I'm not wrong, uh, is that they're contributing lyrically, not to the, the creation of the song. So I would be willing to give them a point one in songwriting, and then maybe like a point two in poetic. Yeah, I can um, go with that. Yeah. Okay. I That's, was like, wait, Pat, are you about to disagree? I was trying real hard to argue for a little bit more for them, and I can't do no, it. No, you can't. It's it's impossible because it's the worst. Oh, it, God, it is bad. It is bad. It's it okay. wasn't a great time. Is, is there an external factor here that I need to consider? <sighs> I, I don't think so. I don't think so either. I, I, Zero. Okay. Do we I've give got Donnie? Scores. Do we give Donnie Wahlberg no. for being the absolutely? What about no. Wahlbergers? If if Donnie Wahlberg and only if he was related to Randy Bachman, he would give. <laughs> then points. he gets the points. You can only get the Bachman points. Yeah, you can. Bachman points are bust. Okay, I've got scores. And coming Wonderful. in 
third place today is, of course, you two. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> Good. Is New Kids on the Block. Uh, what, with with what I can only assume is an early contender for the lowest score. Yeah, with a 13.8. Yeah, <laughs> that's so they not got, great. After Breath of Work, they managed a paltry 1.3 in oh, the last three they, categories they got, combined. They got 2.4 higher than Selena Gomez. Wow. Yeah. Well, there's more of them. That's and they have a lot more. They have twice as many. A lot albums. more sales. Twice as many albums. Yeah. A lot more sales. A lot more albums. Uh, okay, and that brings us to our winner for this week. Okay. Which is also New Kids on the Block. No, I'm, <laughs> this time it's you two. <laughs> yeah. The, this time it's you two. That you makes two with sense. a thirty-six point eight is our winner for okay, the day. Okay. All right. Uh, and Golden Earring right in between them with a twenty-five point eight. Everyone ended with a point eight today. That's great. That's impressive. We love when that happens. We do. We do. I don't love think it's ever happened, happens. but we just love it. Oh man! So that was that was episode one, guys. How do we feel? I mean, I feel a lot better that I never have to listen to New Kids on the Block again. I get it. I get it. Un- <sighs> until you know, when we're in season like fifteen and we're doing revisited. Yeah. Like when we when we make it when we get our big TV contract. Right. Because and people watch television. What are we going to go what are we going to be on cable? Not well, I mean, <laughs> uh, maybe we maybe we can be simultaneously on cable and whatever streaming service survives. That yeah. Well, it'll definitely be that. Yeah, like Amazon flicks Lou. We'll be yeah, once Amazon right buys literally every other brains. company in existence. <laughs> yeah, we're just yeah. going to implant right into their brains. Great. We will be stronger than you two immediately. Uh, uh, so yeah, that was it for episode one. It was. Uh, join us next week as yes. we talk about uh, in honor of what needs to happen to the new kids on the block and every record they ever sold. Next week we're going to do the Trash Men. Yeah, and the Trash Men should indeed be taking <laughs> I, them out. I knew exactly where yep. you go with that. Um. Okay. So Alex. As you know, you're not going to be able to talk during the end. So say goodbye now. Goodbye, everybody. Yeah, I bye, hope Alex. That you have, as Pat will say, and eh, he'll say, he'll tell you later. exactly. I'll tell you later. Cut him off. Cut him off. I'm cutting him yeah. off now, uh, guys. We had a blast doing this. Um, thank you so much for tuning back in to uh, to season three. Uh, we'll be back every week. Uh, we're going to keep going with it. Uh, please help us out by liking, commenting. All, everything you can do, use the hashtag Totem Talks. And most importantly, have a great day. 